0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hey, everyone. Before we get to today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at BlueWire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast or just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&A's Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get, you, get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all this for only $15 a month, the same way as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so you get your application in today. To apply, go to bluewire.com hustle. Check out the description box for this episode. To find out more, But that's bwhustle.com join. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we break down the loss of Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we also crown this week's oopsie doopsie and ballers week all on episode 162
2: of the Pride Podcast. Blue wire. Touchdown, the Turners.
0: Turners turns gives to Eckler. He tries to.
3: Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 162 on the Blue Wire Network. Today's episode is going to be sponsored by Indeed.com and BetOnline.com. I am your host, Tyler, joined by my main guy, Pierre, as always. Malcolm is not here with us again, and I, I did say I gave him a strike. I said if he does it again, we might have to consider some big moves here. He's not here. He bailed on us again. So I mean, I don't know, Piero, I guess we'll have to talk about
2: this off air. But how you doing, my man? I'm good. Um, I hope everyone had a really good Christmas, a good holiday. Um, let's let's get this started. Talk about this um, this rough game. Yeah. Yeah.
3: By the way, if you guys took any you know seriousness with uh, what I said about Malcolm, don't. That was obviously a joke, and you know it's tough right now. Holiday season, so everyone's you know pretty busy right now, so it's understandable. Right. After the New Year's, you know we should be getting back to schedule. Even though this this is episode you know itself is a little delayed than what we usually record it on. So after the holiday season, once we get into the NFL offseason, everything should be getting back to normal schedule, and then we'll roll from there. And we got our last preview, which is crazy of the year um, coming up for the Minnesota Vikings. That's wild. We. We got through another rough season with the Lions. So let's talk about this game first and then we'll do all that. But, yeah, so the Lions played the day right after Christmas. Um, You know, you guys all probably enjoyed the Minnesota Vikings getting killed on Christmas. Division rival, you know, we're getting a little kick. Camaro's running all over them. And, you know, we got the Lions the next day. And they straight up got their asses whooped. I mean, they got their ass whooped on Saturday (laughs) at Ford Field. I mean, right. you look at the final, you know, stat line of just the quarterback Tom Brady, he only played one half of football. If you did not watch this game, you wouldn't think he played one half of football. You would have thought he played a whole game and it was a very good game. He had over three hundred passing yards, three passing touchdowns, and this was a one half <laughs> four.
2: Four passing touchdowns. Four.
3: Four passing touchdowns. Oh, my fault. <laughs> so no, you're good. I I said he was gonna be a good fantasy start last episode. I was right. And I told him and Gronk we were gonna connect for some, so I was correct on one because Gabbert connected with one with Gronk, but my goodness, that was an ass whooping! I mean, is there any positive you could take away from this game, Pierre? I mean, (laughs) is there any positives?
2: Special teams, I guess. Right, that's about it. Agnew, Agnew was lights out. Jack Fox, um, I think he had like one punt that was like that one. That they was a touchback. Yeah. Other than that, though, he was pretty like Jack Fox, like Jack Fox.
3: Uh, he, he, had a, um, he, he had a lot of opportunities.
2: Yeah. Um I don't I don't think Prater kicked a field goal, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think he kicked a field goal. He attempted a field goal. Yeah. Special teams was pretty good. The coverage was good. <laughs> other than the man, the offense was just a mess. They they couldn't do anything on third down. They couldn't get the ball moving. Obviously, Stafford hurting his ankle hurt. Like, hurt the team a lot, and Chase Down just isn't it. I don't care. Um, um, yeah, I mean, you
3: know, now you think you know, I call him a biggest scammer in NFL history. I
2: mean, yeah, I mean, man. this
3: guy, this guy stinks. I mean, straight up, this guy stinks.
2: I mean, he's just like a quarterback that maybe you want to mentor a young know, quarterback, but you don't really want to play in games. He's just not that good.
3: I mean, how does this man make over 50 million dollars in the NFL? What good trait on the football field does this guy have? I, I don't have one. I mean, he can move, I guess, in the pocket, but like, he ain't some elite <laughs> runner in the pocket. His, I mean, man, that was rough. And if you guys were wondering why I was frustrated about Matthew Stafford playing in Tennessee, which are what I thought was a meaningless game, and this game was even more meaningless than the Tennessee game. At least he had a one percent chance in the in that Tennessee game. You had a zero percent chance in this game versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm not going to go on a whole rant again because you guys know my standpoint. I was frustrated him starting in... I mean, he, he had another injury in this game. It wasn't the ribs and it wasn't the thumb. Now we're talking about a third injury with Matthew Stafford this year. Now we're talking about an ankle injury. I mean, this guy's yeah. hurt every single part of his body almost for this damn football team. This five win football team. I mean, I, I don't understand it. It's just, it's frustrating. But obviously, we didn't have Daryl Bell. We didn't have the whole defensive coaching staff. Obviously, Braden Coombs was relieved of duties. I mean, what'd you take away from? Rob Prince and Evan
2: Rothstein the and their staff, how they called his game. Well, defensively, like, I knew it was going to be a blow, but I didn't think it would be that bad. Yeah. I mean, dude, what Rothstein has never been a position coach. Like, what is he going to do? Like, we're like, let's be realistic here. Yeah. And then, um, regarding Prince, I thought he deserved the chance. Just sucked that Stafford went down when Stafford goes down. And then you have Swift fumbling the ball. You have, um, they can't get off the field on third downs. It's just a disaster. And, you know, the defense is like, I mean, shoot. Just I mean, like the first play of the game, you, I mean, we thought we had a three and out, right? And then Everson Griffin jumped off sides. Yeah. Which he does that. He's he's always on the end of screen. He likes to time the snap or something. But he has to stop doing that. Just watch the ball. Once the ball is snapped, go.
3: Yeah. I mean, Jelani I had a sack on that drive.
2: <laughs> Jelani Tavai had a sack on that drive.
3: But... Uh, You know, I think those guys coaching that game. I think that's something we're gonna look down the line in a couple of years, and that's gonna be like a good trivia question or like something like who coached Week Sixteen in twenty twenty versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like that's a good trivia question. I think it's a good question or you know, good story for Robert Prince when he tells his grandkids one day. Like I mean, I think that's all it was. I mean, end of the day these guys i don't think are getting you know a promotion anytime soon in their coaching tree and i'm not trying to sound rude in any other way but uh, i mean i hope they i guess at least enjoyed it their their one week of shine but yeah this game disaster right from the start right like we said it you know you had you thought you had a three and now everson griffin gets the offsides then you know bam tom brady gets a you know passing touch on a gronk he uh, beautiful pass to Gronk Gronk makes a beautiful catch on Tracy Walker. I mean, it was it was difficult, man. I mean, those guys, those coaching staff, they are put in a tough position. Obviously, you know, finding out the day before the game that they will be head coach that they will be coaching in a way bigger you know spot than usual versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are fighting for a playoff spot right now in a big game, and you were told to go on national TV, and you were now the head coach, Rob Bryn. So. I mean, I don't know what we expected. I mean, you shouldn't really have been expecting much, but damn, that was bad. And you know how we've been mentioning it. The NFL wanted Tom Brady to look good and the Bucs to shine.
2: They got that. They got that story. They got their headlines. (laughs) They wanted to showcase Tom Brady against this Lions defense. But that's what I believe. And I I will believe that till I die. That's what I that's why I think they've made this game a national televised game. Uh, it, I mean, you just see also like the Lions defense has a lot of issues too. Linebacker linebackers an issue um, When Collins is out the guys just seem lost like Collins somewhat makes them like I guess looks okay Yeah, but when he's out, it's just a mess I
3: was mean, so just so starting middle linebacker in that yeah, game.
2: A, he's just not good. We've talked about this a ton of times Jared Davis. I mean He's not that good uh, Christian Jones. It looks like his snaps have went down a lot recently. Yeah. Ragland, same thing. Looks like his snaps are kind of like starting to go down a little. I mean, at least from what I seen, I didn't really see the snap, but when I was watching, it just kind of looked like I didn't see him as much on the field. Yeah. It's nice to see though uh, Julian and Romeo make some plays. Uh, Julian Acuaro, he's showing some flashes. Romeo Quara's is going to get paid either by the Lions or by another team. I don't know what the Lions want to do with him. Um So, yeah, I mean,
3: there's not really much positive take from that defense. I mean, the secondary has been getting beat up all year, too. And it's not all their fault, but I mean, they're not it's not they're not doing good. And I mean, and you saw on the other side of the ball for Tampa Bay. I I was telling Pierre, I think we saw what we want Jared Davis to be and what we thought Jared Davis could be on the other side on Tampa Bay. And that's Devin White. Devin White reminds me so much of Jared Davis. Or so much of Jared Davis cannot finish but like they have the same motor they have like the same body type the same build and Devin white is just perfects everything, you know, like unlike Jared Davis like he is the perfect side to sideline 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 to sideline linebacker that we thought Jared Davis could be when we drafted him Devin white showcased that all in that game and all year long. So I mean and I guess that, that made me a little jealous watching him, him ball out uh, last Sunday.
2: or he's last He's a great Saturday. blitzer, man. He's a really good blitzer. His coverage might not be all that, but, I mean, he's a great blitzer. He tackles. Yeah. He had a sack against the Lions and 10 tackles. So, he, he's, I mean, he's a good player.
3: Yeah. that how big defense is fun, man. I like their front seven a lot. I mean, even JPP, man. I thought he lost some juice, but you saw, man. Did you see that play he went in coverage, like, moving his hips around? I mean, that was impressive. Yeah. Almost got yeah. a pick. I mean, that was Chase Daniel's fault, but still, I mean. I don't
2: know. Yeah, um, and then re- regarding the Lions offensively, they they couldn't do much. They just couldn't. Um, they, I mean, they tried Chase Daniel. He didn't do much, and they put him Blau and Blau throws a pick. It was just they also didn't really protect him that well either. Daniel was sacked three times. Blau was sacked one time, and we talked about this. Their their front four is. One of the best we faced them in Washington this year. And the Lions are obviously injured up front, too. So that hurt. Dahl left the game. And then they put, I think Evan Brown was. Yeah. They promoted and he played center. So you're down your third center, your quarterback three or your quarterback two, Daniel and blah, whatever. Your head coach three. <laughs> I mean, it's just a mess, right? You just want this offseason to come.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's just, I'm so ready. I'm so ready to just finish this. I mean, Fantasy football is done. I mean, I'm just ready for the NFL, playoffs, Wait, did NFL win? playoffs. Did
2: you win your league?
3: So right now, I lost one. But one, I'm in. I mean, we're recording this before the Monday night game. I have Josh Allen and Diggs down 21. So I'm feeling pretty confident in that one.
2: Oh, I think you'll get it, but I don't want to jinx it. We'll yeah, see. So
3: I'm feeling pretty confident. I'm not going to say I guarantee one. So hopefully I won one. But yeah, I'm just ready, man. I mean, I've just been... I, I've been ready. I've been ready for the offseason. just thinking of who's going to be the next head coach, who's going to be the next general manager. And I mean, not to spoil anything, but we saw a, a, a few, a potential future head coach for the Detroit Lions the game right after that one. And, Let's just say he had a very very impressive outing versus the Arizona Cardinals if that I mean if that is not the biggest hint already I'm not gonna say his name but I'm just saying he had a very very impressive outing on Saturday at four o'clock on Amazon Prime TV so I mean that was that was impressive man okay let's just say Robert Sala what'd you think of that I mean I think that's more I think people care more about that than this game.
2: Yeah, uh, a lot of media outlets have said, like, he's the favorite for the Lions job. And the Lions could, they could start interviewing him now, but they'll probably wait until Monday, like, next Monday to interview. You could have an in-person interview with him because they'll be out. Yeah, I think it has to be over s- virtual. I don't know if it's, like, over virtual or what it would be, but it'll be Monday, probably. they can interview on Monday. And it's believed that he, at Dodds would be his GM Ken, who's my number one GM Ken right now. So, shoot, man, I, I'd, I'd like that, right? Dodds and Salah. Salah, I mean, I'm not going to go
3: crazy over one game because they have shown some flaws in that San Fran defense, but for the situation he had that game versus a very impressive offense in Arizona, that was impressive. I I was more excited watching that game than, obviously, our game, and I was even more excited going into watching that game than our game. I'm not going to lie to you, but uh, we'll get more into into that stuff, obviously, in the offseason, but I'm just going to say, very impressive showcase by Robert Salah, and, I mean... He he has that juice as well. Like I mean, you see him; he's jumping around with these players. Like these yeah. big boys, these defensive linemen. He doesn't care. you will give him a chest bump. <laughs> like
2: <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> yeah, care. Yeah, he does. So I he's mean, fired up too. Like I mean, he just has. It. And then like when his players make big plays, he just he like he celebrates. He celebrates like he's a player. You know, he goes cre- Like I love his energy. Something that has been missing on the Lions sideline. Like I we know. just haven't had energy.
3: And yeah, the last two head coaches. First you had Matt Patricia, who just Looked lost out there. I mean, he almost looked stoned sometimes. The way he just had his mask on, he just looking around. I'm like, what, what are you looking at, dude? I mean, <laughs> just like when Adam Gates introduces the Jets head coach, like he was like following, like his eyes. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes Patricia looks stoned as hell, and then Caldwell. I mean, just you know, blank face. I mean, you can't just see clapping. me. But just, a little, just a little clapping. I mean, just like a nice old grandpa that like <laughs> is congratulating his players.
4: Yeah. So,
3: I mean. Different guy, Robert Sala, compared to those two, obviously. But
2: my concern not... with Sala is, though, like the OC, and he'd probably bring one of those Sanbron's guys with them. Are they Kyle Shanahan? Are they LaFleur? We don't know if they'll be like him. Yeah. But, like, it'll be as successful, I'm saying. But we just don't know. But I do like that offense. I do like the San Francisco slash Green Bay offense, very yeah. similar. Yeah.
3: I mean, we'll get, we're obviously going to get more into that stuff. Yeah, we'll,
2: we'll get more into, into that, that in the offseason.
3: But I thought it was just a nice little tease. I mean, I think. It's, I mean, obviously a game, it was an important game to watch for Lions fans because that is very possible. Your next head country, your team, and you saw a very impressive game plan versus, you know, a team obviously fighting for the playoff spot or the playoff hopes are on theirs on the Arizona Cardinals. In. And, you know, his 5-1 team, now 6-1 team did a very good job versus them and won the game. So, yes. all right, with that being said, let's now
2: do our oops-doopsie and baller of the week. Well, let's take a quick break and then we'll get into that. All
4: right. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and is almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is crucial. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total business than any other job sites, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there is no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resume on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best available offer anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions applies. Football is back in full swing, you might not be in a game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going an extra mile to make sure you get every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to teams, players, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonus today and start wagering on wins, divisions, and championship features all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget, use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
3: All right, we are back. And Pierre, I mean, I think I know where your ball of the week is going to be. But, I mean, they gave you very, very, very limited options
2: all right it's jamal agnew and i think he was the best player for the lions on the field on on like both sides of the ball or all three sides of the ball uh was really good in special teams coverage and obviously then took a took a uh punt to the house was a punt right Our turn, yeah. yeah yeah so he took a punt to the two of the house so Jamal Agnew is my baller of the week, and this is a guy I kind of want them to resign. I just like him. He's a good player, good gadget player on the offense, really good on special teams. We'll see what the new staff decides to do. But Jamal Agnew is the baller of the week. Probably the first time, I think, he's gotten baller of the week, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Yeah, I, mean, I think so. Yeah, I mean, you gave it to some special teams guy before, like Jack Fox, but I don't know if Agnew's personally got one before. That's his first punt return in Ford Field too. Um, did you see his tweet about it? He said he wished the fans were in the building to see that. yeah. But, I mean, I'll respect to you, Jamal, Jamal Agnew, but I don't think you wish the field—the fans were at the field.
2: <laughs> the thing is, too, like um, with Agnew, he's had a lot of close ones this year where kickers have gotten him, or like he's yeah. had really close from a block. So yeah. happy almost, to see him get one.
3: Yeah, he almost got that kick return the other week in Ford Field when they play the Packers. Crosby tackled him. So, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, and then uh, so shout out to Marquise Williams. I believe that's his special teams coach right now. Yeah. Looks doesn't look much different than Coombs. looks really like they they played well against Tampa. So yeah. it's one game, but I liked what I saw on special teams.
3: Yeah, and there's no obviously guarantee that he's going to be your future special teams coordinator. Right. And honestly, I don't know even the chances of that happening. I mean, staff's probably going to – I'm not going to assume, but I, I actually am. I am going to assume they're going to bring their own guy
2: in. Most <laughs> but, likely. But yeah. um, there could but be maybe. a couple of guys they hold on to. You never know. But most yeah. likely they'll bring in, like, for the most part, Everyone come. The only guy I really, really want to keep, like, two guys, to be honest, is the Hank Fraley and Prince, Coach Prince.
3: Yeah, Hank Fraley, I think, is one I've been really impressed with all year round. And just maybe not, not necessarily in that game versus Tampa Bay, but, like, you know, when we've had trouble on offensive line or, like, had to go to backups, you know, we haven't really lost much of a step. But in that game, obviously, we did when, we were, like you mentioned, third-string center ty returning from a bad injury so but overall hank fairley has been very good and very impressive as a coaching staff And then we'll see what else they end up doing with that coaching staff. I mean You know at the end of the day, I mean just very quickly that a lot of these coaches might not get opportunities in the nfl again I mean straight up I mean when you get a new head coach and a new regime They usually like to bring their own guys and it's gonna be difficult for these guys to get another opportunity in the nfl so you know we dog on them, and you know obviously that's all funny games and stuff. But at the end of the day, you gotta think about these guys are real lives, and right. they might not have a job like very soon after this game, week seventeen. So, you know, yeah,
2: it's tough, man. It's just it's the business of the NFL. That's what they signed yeah. up for.
3: Yeah, no, they understand the business, obviously. So, yeah. all right, let's do the oopsie doopsie of the week. Um,
4: oh, boo! Let me play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin.
3: Yeah. yeah. Who do I even choose? Like, I mean, I can't just, like, put this on one guy or two give guys. give it to a unit. You give it to a unit if you want. I'm just going to give it to the whole damn team besides special teams, honestly. I mean, like, who, like, nobody... Okay. Like, I mean, everything was bad. The offense was freaking awful. The defense was freaking awful. The coaching wasn't right. any much better. I mean, I know it was Rob Prince, the third-string head coach. I'm not going to, like, kill the guy right now. But, I mean, I'm not going to give him credit either. So... The whole team gets it besides special teams. I mean and there okay. was no, there was nothing positive about it this game. Um, I guess my positive Joline Tavai got a sack in this game. I think he actually got a, a finally a, a relevant stat <laughs> put on his name this game. Okay.
2: So Alright. Um so I wanna tease something in here. We have we have some time, I think, right? We only we're only yeah. we're not so we have some time. Um you wanna do something called mock draft watch. So there was a certain mock, some Lions fans will love it, some will hate it. You can share your thoughts. I'll share my thoughts on it. And this came from the athletic Dane. I think it's Dane Bergler or Bugler. Um, He mocked Justin Fields to the lines at number seven. Tyler, how do you feel about that?
3: I mean, you guys know me. I'm absolutely on boat. If they're in position to get a guy like Justin Fields, especially, you know, without trading up, I know he had a tough game versus Northwestern, but no, I'm on boat, man. I would definitely be on boat. I mean, Justin Fields Is the perfect NFL quarterback today's NFL quarterback. I mean he has it all he has a good arm He he can move in the pocket He's that dual threat quarterback that are really successful in the NFL. I mean look at your Russell Wilsons. I mean look at Kyler Murray Justin Fields has a better arm than both of them. Probably um, not the same mobility obviously as either of them But like, you know, he could do he can move in the pocket if he if he needs to I mean he's not stiff in the pocket He's not just a gunslinger so Oh, if the Lions have the opportunity to get a guy like Justin Fields, I'm absolutely on boat. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. And if we're going to go, let's go back to that teaser. We're talking about Robert Sala and maybe him bringing a San Fran type offense. That's also another perfect fit. I mean, San Fran, their biggest, you know, thing they love to do is run the ball and, you know, get those, you know, nice run schemes up. Right. And that's with their running backs, their quarterbacks. And they don't even have that mobile, you know, mobile quarterback. Uh, Justin Fields would fit that offense like a glove. So, um, DeAndre Swift and Justin Fields in a San Fran type offense. I mean, I, I, you're cooking with fire right there. I
2: can is like your kiddo, basically, and go, like, yeah.
3: go. So absolutely i'm on boat with that i think that could be a very very good fit and i know malcolm if we we ask him this question he's going to bring up the ohio state quarterback tree and how they haven't succeeded in the nfl he's going to bring up haskins braxton miller jt Bear, and the list goes on i mean ohio state quarterbacks straight up have not worked in the nfl it's just they have not i mean it it's a fact i mean they haven't been successful in the league but i'm not going to just You know count out a quarterback just because he played for Ohio State just means he guarantees he's not gonna be good in the NFL I can't do that like that's not fair at all That's like saying whoever takes over the you know, the next Detroit Lions job That just means they're gonna be automatic failures like that's not true Like just because you're taking over something that hasn't worked in the past doesn't mean you can't flip that narrative around, you know,
2: yeah, and um, I believe uh, Urban Meyer was the coach. Now it's Ryan Day. So also, don't scout the helmet, scout the player. I always say this, and it's said a lot in scouting communities. You probably say it on your show, like your pot or your draft show. Never scout the helmet, scout the player.
3: Yeah, I mean, scouting the team or, like, what the guys – or what people have done for that team in the past, like, I, that it just doesn't mean anything. It's just like – it's like bringing up blinds numbers saying like, this is what happened in the Ron Marinelli stages, or this is what happened in the Jim short stages. So that guarantees that's what's going to happen with whoever your next head coach is going to be. Like that is not true at all. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I just, I don't like that whole narrative and whole analogy is saying like, if it happened in the past, that guarantees that means it's going to happen in the future. I don't know. I just don't like that. I yeah. think Justin Fields is a phenomenal prospect and at number seven, I think it's phenomenal value. So, for me personally, I'm not going to speak for every Lions fan, but for me personally, I am on boat for that. What about
2: you? This is Roman with the quarterback situation. So if if there is a quarterback and they think he's a franchise quarterback and they really believe that, they have to take him, mm-hmm. just because Stafford. Um, you have to pay him in two years, right? And I love Stafford. I'm not a Stafford hater. I'm one of Stafford's biggest supporters. I love him. We are. We we both are not Stafford haters. We both like him. Um, I just think kind of like it's time, especially if you're going through a rebuild. Like, let's be realistic here. Stafford, could you win with Stafford next year? Say they draft all defense. Could you win with Stafford next year?
3: I realistically don't see a scenario. Um,
2: I know
3: know people do. I don't see that person. All right.
2: That's personally me as well. I think it's going to be hard to win with Stafford, regardless who's playing defense and who the coach is. All right. Year two. Okay. You got a couple of your guys now. Your scheme is installed a little. You got your foundation in. Could you win with Stafford in year two?
3: Possible. Depending on what the team looks
2: okay after that year though. He's a free agent. So there's another question year three He's a free agent. Do you pay him? I don't know like somewhere between 33 maybe 35 36 million I don't know the exact going rate for his age, but he's gonna be expensive. It's gonna be north of 30 million for sure Yeah, I mean
3: yeah, it's it's tough. It's, It's a tough situation it's like do you think you could build this team fast enough where Stafford you know, could still be your quarterback and while still paying Matthew Stafford. Like that's the question that a general manager is going to have to go through. Is that possible? It it could be. I mean, it's going to have to come down to, you know, really hitting your draft picks and like hitting on some sleepers, like some guys in the late rounds and stuff like that. So you're going to have to have some guys come out of nowhere and just take big steps and be very good NFL starters, like kind of right away almost. So. Year one, I think there's not a way in hell that they could flip around and be a competitive, you know fighting for a division 2021 I think that's just unrealistic at that point point. 22. I think it's possible. I think that'd be best case scenario for the team I think 23 would be the most realistic and ideal situation Right, and then like you said you have to make a decision with Matthew Stafford at that point. Are you gonna pay him? Um, you know, are you gonna be able to keep the guys that you just you know use all that capital for are you gonna be able to keep those guys and Stay under the cap limit and still have Matthew Stafford like is that realistic? I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not a GM I don't know how they could You know, maybe they can make it work But I mean it's gonna be a difficult situation regardless and that's gonna be the biggest question Obviously going to the offseason. what is the general manager gonna do with the Lions? You know, are they gonna want to build around Stafford one more time or is this something you want to just you know? start from scratch let's get our first round pick have two first round picks to work with maybe the next upcoming draft I mean it's gonna be a very interesting decision and it's a tough decision obviously
2: yeah um and then another thing is don't forget you also have to pay some guys that will be coming up that are really good Hawkinson and Ragnall as well yeah yeah so they have they have a lot of tough decisions that that will be coming up shortly not surely like in a couple years or just this offseason let alone what to do with Stafford if they kept him I, I wouldn't be mad. I I wouldn't be mad. But if they also drafted a quarterback and then kept him, I also wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad at, at, like, whatever they do because I could see them saying, okay, like what we just said, maybe we could win in 22. 21 will be competitive. We'll try to win. But 22 could be our year. Or they'd be like, hey, man, I don't really see this in two years Now I don't want to pay Stafford going to his third year. I'm going to take my quarterback and maybe we'll keep Stafford this year trading. The next year we'll just... Run Ride with the rookie right away and trade Stafford in the offseason. Um, yeah. He's due a $10 million roster bonus, I think, on the fifth day of when the league year starts, something like that. So a decision sh- should come up, like, really soon. Yeah.
3: I think it just
2: – it's going to end up coming down maybe to a
3: situation is the general manager. Do you think this guy could be as good as Matthew Stafford or even better? And that's going to be hard to compete with. Like, I mean, there's not – you know too many times where you can go look at the draft and say this guy is definitely better than Matthew Stafford as a talent I mean, it just you, you don't get those too often obviously
2: No, and obviously every pick is like is, is a risk, right? Like none of these players are like hundred percent like We think they are some of them, but I mean it's hard like some of these guys we think they're gonna be really good They're just not good some guys we think gonna be bad. They turn out to be stars. It's just yeah. the way it is
3: Just like at Dwayne Haskins. I mean a lot of people had hope for him. Top, it should have everyone said he should have been a top five pick. Uh, the New York Giants screwed up not taking Dwayne Haskins. This guy is a future superstar. Right now, he could be—he's a, a free agent in the NFL. and He could be on any NFL team right now. Like that—that's just the business. I mean, yeah, there's no guarantees.
2: Yep. No, no guarantees. Yeah, no so, guarantees. So, I mean, we'll see what it is. You guys like you can leave your comments on a voicemail. What the Lions should do at, with Stafford? What do you, What are your thoughts on the Bucks game? Who do you want like the Lions to hire? Thoughts on the Vikings game, you can leave that in a voicemail, Tyler got the phone number.
3: Yeah, 313-355-3116. I nailed that number now, man.
2: Hey, Tyler nailed this number. Um I right, should be
3: wrong. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I like that. That was a good end of the, you know, discussion. And that's something that we want to do a little bit more often. You know, now we're getting closer to the off season and we're basically at the off season at this point. We only have one more game. And now we're going to get down to the really, really interesting decision on what the Lions are going to be doing this offseason. You know, who's going to be the next GM? Who's going to be the next coach? What are they going to do with Matthew Stafford, Galladay, whatever? So maybe this is something we're going to continue doing with our future podcast, asking like a very interesting question or something like, you know, a a professional like from the Athletic or NFL Network, something like has, and maybe we'll discuss that and you know give our opinion. So we both are agreement. Justin Fields is in play. We would take him if he's there, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. How about? 20. Like if the new staff thinks like he's the guy, yeah. he could be a potential franchise quarterback. This guy could be really good. You take him. I wouldn't say necessarily has to be better than Stafford because um, a lot of like rookie quarterbacks aren't like I mean Stafford's just crazy talented, right? You're not you're not gonna find like another Stafford. Those guys don't grow on trees like Trevor Lawrence. I mean, yeah. he's gonna go number one. And then after that, like it's it's kind of a gamble. Is Zach Wilson yeah. good? I love Zach Wilson. Um, you guys know that. Yeah. And Justin Fields, obviously, I like him a lot too. So, okay, just want to make sure. So we are both on boat. If Justin Fields is there,
3: we're this is us. Obviously, we're not speaking from the GM's perspective. If we were the GMs, I think we we're both in play for this. So, <laughs> all right. Yeah, that, that is that is a wrap this episode like peter said drop those voicemails of your you know let's answer this question are, are you guys down for justin fields if he's on the board for the line so we'll answer that question in a voicemail talk about the uh, vikings game the we can talk about the bucks game if you want to talk about the Bucks game. whatever but on that note we are out um hope you guys all enjoyed and yeah yeah we're
2: out peace all right guys hope you guys are all staying safe and i'm out peace